This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. Awesome. Let's do this here. If you want to turn your Bibles, good to see everybody. Happy New Year once again. But turn in your Bibles if you would. I'm not going to be too long with you, I promise. Did you guys enjoy worship today? Just get to spend some time in the presence of God. And we want to continue to do that this year. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. We, we, don't, want, we, don't, want to, we don't want to act like we have church figured out because I don't. And we don't want to be so structured. Uh, if, you, if anybody knows me, you know that we care about order and structure. But we want to give room to allow God to move and do an altar call like that in, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Like we, we don't, we, this doesn't have to be so calculated. We do plan and we do have structure, but not at the expense of kind of putting God in a box. Can I get an amen, somebody? Um, I'm sure some of you in here could say, man, I think we could use even more of that. Somebody say amen. But we could even use a little bit more of that around here. Uh, but we want to continue to do that. All right? Because there's just something about making room. Everybody say making room. Uh, just nudge your neighbor and tell him, give him some room. Give him some room. All right, 2 Kings chapter 4, okay? We're going to start this year off right. We're going to talk about making room for God, okay? Making room for God. Um, all right, so 2 Kings chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 8. 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning with verse 8, and um, I'm going to read here. Let me pray. And then I'm going to read this. Um, Once again, I know I'm repeating myself, but just so people are turning there, I need to kind of focus in here. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8, and I'm going to read um, all the way to verse 10. Okay? So here we go. Uh, Father, we just thank you for your word today. We pray you speak to us. We pray, God, that you anoint this moment, that you change us. I pray that we are changed today, that something happens in us by the Holy Spirit as we get into this word. I pray that everybody in here will be challenged. That's my prayer, that we would be challenged in this moment to make some more room for you, God. To let you into aspects of who we are and the rhythm of our life where we haven't allowed you. Where maybe, maybe it's unconscious, maybe we just, we're doing the best we know how to do, But I pray that you would enlighten us this morning to show us where we have not allowed you room. We've not given you a space, God, in some area of our life. So I pray that this month as we approach this new year, step into this new year, that we'd be a people that are willing to look at and evaluate a space that we've reserved and held back from you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. All right, here we go. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman. Everybody say notable woman. Okay, that means she was wealthy, influential, and great. A woman in the Bible, the Bible states that she was notable. This woman was wealthy, influential, and great in her own right. Okay, somebody say amen. Come on, ladies. Trying to help you all out here. But this was a, in the Bible, we're talking Old Testament, and this was a notable woman. Okay? Not a beggar, not barely making it, but a woman in a day when women were 
marginalized to a great degree. Here is a note. The Bible even states it. Do you realize that in, in antiquity, um, Greek culture disliked the scripture because it would use stories like this? Because it seemed so base to them. It wasn't this elevated intellectual thing. It was just a real story. But it would highlight people in the current culture that weren't normally like this or celebrated. But the Bible specifically states this woman that this story, this narrative is about is notable. Okay, if you look it up in the Hebrew, it means wealthy, influential, and great. Okay, now here we go. So she's notable. Everybody say it again. Say that was a notable woman. All right, here we go. And she persuaded him. So Elijah is, was the protege of Elijah the prophet. Elijah was taken to heaven. Elisha followed him, saw him get taken in a chariot to heaven. Pretty wild story. And because he saw him go, he received the, the calling and mantle that was in, on Elijah. It fell on Elisha. And the Bible says it was a double portion. And scripture states that Elisha performed twice as many miracles as Elijah. So it, it matters who's mentoring you. Somebody say amen. Uh, this isn't what we're going to get into today. We're going to talk about a notable woman, but let me talk about this first. But it matters who you're following. Now, I don't mean you follow people like it's some weird thing. I just mean you're connected to. It matters who pastors you. It matters who you're looking at. Somebody say amen. Because Elijah said, if you, this is what he said. If you see me when I go, you can have this anointing. If you don't see me, you can't have it. And there is a standard to the presence and anointing of God. And Elijah put that on Elisha. He said, if you see me, you got it. If you don't, you won't. There was a standard. There's a standard in getting mentored by somebody. And it matters who's mentoring you. It matters who you're looking at, and it matters who's speaking into your life. And not just anybody needs to be doing that. Somebody needs to say amen. All right, but, but this, so Elisha is now walking in his calling, and it wasn't exclusively about his personal relationship with God, it had to also do with who was mentoring him. Come on now. If you're taking notes, you might want to write that down. All right, look at the person next to you. It says, and tell them it matters who's mentoring you. It matters. It matters. It matters who you're looking at. All right? It matters who you're looking at. Okay, so here we go. There was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So she persuaded him once again. This woman's no joke. She was clearly, this is, this is theologians say this, okay? I'm going to talk about her for a minute. But, um, um, and we're going to get to this. We're going to get to this, to, to what we're going to talk about today. But I want to kind of talk about this woman here. Because theologians even say, that this is very interesting. Because this woman is married. And she's initiating some things. And she, she's not in rebellion. She's not, she's not um, unsubmissive. Okay? Somebody say amen. But she, history tells us, and the scriptures tell us, and note, that she was a woman of independent character. That she could make some decisions. And this word persuasion, this woman, notable, she persuaded a prophet. That word persuaded, you look it up, it's a strong word. Like she, she's a strong woman. Anybody know any strong women out there? Okay, I know a couple myself. All right. I saw some husbands like, <laughs> me too. All right. But this is awesome, right? And sometimes I think, if you're strong, it could almost seem as negative. Now, if you got some issues in your strength, deal with those issues, but don't, don't compromise the strength of who you are, woman of God. Right? Come on, women. It's all right. 
Look at a secure man is not intimidated by a strong woman. Come on now. It's the insecurities and ego within men that get troubled when a woman is strong. Now, come on now. Now be your sanctified strong self, woman of God. Somebody say amen. Be your sanctified self, okay? Right? But, 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 but this, this, she persuaded. This is what it means. This is what she did to a prophet, okay? Now, prophets were no joke back then. They weren't just like how we could prophesy or speak over somebody's life. It's literally one of the ways that God actually spoke to humanity. It's not like that anymore. Prophets do speak, but we have the scripture and we have the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. So prophets exist, but it's different. But back then, that's how you heard from God. It was through the law or a prophet. So this woman persuaded. This is what it means. Constrained. She seized, <laughs> she put forth strength, she retained, and it also means to be stubborn or obstinate. Now, I know that that can be a negative, but it can also be a positive. Somebody say amen. Because this woman had a strength that was able to grab a hold of a prophet, hopefully not physically, we don't know, because we weren't there. But there was this persuasion, this strength she had. That she persuaded a prophet. Hey, why don't you go get some food? Okay. And back then too, just a little bit of history. Is there weren't a lot of public places to be um, tended to on a journey. Okay. So it was like people going to people's houses. And that was, that was common. Okay. That was how people got taken care of from point A to point B at times. Because public, like, there weren't like hotels on every corner you know what I'm saying so so this was relatively common but this notable strong woman persuaded this prophet to come into her home and get some food okay I'm just trying to give you a little context here all right let's look at this let's continue to read she persuaded him to eat some food and it goes on so it was as often as he passed by so now it's become a pattern so as often as Elisha the prophet passed by he would turn in there to eat some food Verse 9, and she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Verse 10, please let us make a small upper room. Somebody say making room. Say it again. Say making room. Let us make a small upper room on the wall. Back then, what, what presumably happened is they literally intended to build a small room on the roof with exterior stairs. So as this prophet wouldn't just come and get food, he could actually come and have his own little bachelor pad up on the roof. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and let us put a bed. This is what she put there. We're going to talk about this. She put a bed for him there. She had it all planned out. She, she, she perceived something. She said no, and that word no means perceive. She sensed something. There is a holy man of God walking by her house every day I do not want to miss what is going on here. Like, he's walking by everybody's house, but she's like, husband, I think there's something to this. Right? My wife has said that to me plenty of times. Husband? Or she doesn't call me husband, but she says, uh, she calls me hub-dubs. That's kind of what, this is what she calls me. Uh, she, but, but she'll say there is something she was, this woman perceived something divine was happening. Something, she's like, she went to her husband, this, I perceive 
There's something here. There's something divine here. And as we approach this new year, folks, I want you to have the ability to perceive what God is doing. You can perceive. There's something here. And so what is our response when we perceive, when we feel that, man, God is doing something here. God is doing then, then, then now it is on us to make room so that this prophet just doesn't pass by. I, now it's on me. I, I need to do something to get this man of God who represents God, who represents a move of God, because then that's who they represented. They, they weren't just like somebody that would speak an encouraging word. They represented the very voice of God. So I'm challenging you here today that can you perceive what God is doing in your life and what do we need to do to make some room for the voice of God in our life that has not yet been made. She did not have a room on her roof. She's like, husband, we need to do something different if we want something different. Now, I'm not going to have time to read this whole story. We might continue next week. But if you go on to read that, I'm going to tell you this, one act of obedience today will make room for a miracle tomorrow. I'm telling you right now, one, this is maybe a couple acts of obedience, right? First it was food, and then she's like, hold up. There's something on this man right here. Let's, get, let's, let's take it a step further. But let me say it again. One act of obedience today. You don't see what miracles you need to this year. I'm telling you, though, when you make room today, you are making room for a miracle tomorrow. And this happened for this woman. Okay? This happened for her. Here we go. So we're just going to talk about her making room and what did she put in there. Verse 10, okay? I'm going to go about 25 more minutes. Are you guys with me? Please, let us make a small upper room. Let us make it. Let us make it. What am I saying? You have to make room. You have to make room. You have got to do this. This is on you. This is your responsibility. Mama can't make room for you. Pastor can't make room for you. You need to make room. When you perceive God doing something in your life, what are you going to do? Okay, we're going to talk about what this means. How did she make room? Well, I'm going to get practical. I know this is very, some of you are probably like, what does he mean make room? How do I do that? Right? We're going to look at this. But there's something about simple obedience. And she, 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 the word she used was no, I know. And it's the Greek word, sorry, Hebrew word yada, Y-A-D-A. And it means in this context to perceive, I I think King James even says, I perceive there's something here with this man. I perceive. Okay? So here we go. Small upper room on the wall. Let us put a bed in there. Everybody say a bed. A table and chair. Everybody say table and chair. Lampstand. Everybody say lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Here's my first point. Create time and space for God. You do it. Create it. Create it. Find it carve it out. I don't know what it looks like for you, but carve out time and space for God. That's what she did. Literally, she carved it. She built a house for him. And so that, that's what this is about. That we're, 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 um, um, next Sunday, we're going to do a, a church-wide fast. We're going to be fasting. We're going to pick a fast. My wife and I are going to be doing a Daniel fast. Um, so pray for us that we get through it in one piece. Come on, somebody. No. Um, 
Whatever, we're going we're gonna, to um, give you uh, tools, and we actually have prayer journals we're going to give everybody that's going to be fasting so you can write down what God's speaking to you over these two weeks. We're going to do 14 days as a church. We're going to fast. You don't have to do a Daniel fast. Some of you might even do even a more strict one than me. I don't know, um, in a sense. I, I, you know, or there's di- and we're going we're gonna to be posting and sharing the different types of fasts. Some of you already know all this. You might already know what fast you're doing. But we're encouraging everybody in this community, let's fast together. When Ezra went before, um, you know, when she, she had that calling to save God's people, she even called the animals to fast, okay? I'm not saying you need to do that. Let your little turtles and doggies eat or whatever, cats or whatever. I'm not saying to get that extreme, but I am, I am encouraging everybody here. We, I've spoken to our leaders, and we are all going to fast. Make, this is, what is fasting? Making room. Make room. Make room, all right? Create time and space for God, all right? And um, this Thursday, we're going to have an info night on Zoom. If you want to be a part of that, 730, and we're going to really teach on it a little bit more um, because uh, we want to kind of take it slower. That's why we want the journals for you. Next week, we're going to give everybody a journal, this little journal, and we got our little Hopeland stamp on it. So you can write down what God is speaking to you. And we, we have a full, the, 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 from the ninth to the next two weeks, 14 days, we have things planned for you to pray with us, pray on your own, prayer points, types of fast, scriptures. And this Thursday night, we're going to just teach on it a little bit and answer any questions you have. I think sometimes in the church world, we just think we call a fast and say, okay, let's do it. But I, my wife uh, perceived something, and she was like, why don't we do an info night? She said, husband, there's a holy thing of God happening. No, she didn't say that. But she, um, so we're going to do that just, and we're calling it an info night because that's what it is. Like we, we're okay with it being that. Like we're going to teach on it a little bit and just really dialogue. We want to empower people to fast. Come on now. So we want to help. We want to take you by the hand as best we can as pastors. All right. So let's go to verse 8 again. What was my first point? That's right, that's right, that's right. So here we go, verse 8 again. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, and there, there was a noble woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. And as often as she passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. So here, I got some questions for you. What is filling your life that doesn't need to be there? Because some people say, well, what does that mean, make room? Well, what is filling time and space that can be removed? All right, I'm sure we all got something, a little something. Could, you know, what, what do you mean, Pastor Sean? Well, it could be a relationship. Somebody say amen. amen. Not everybody, but maybe somebody don't need to be there. Somebody, somebody all up in your DMs. Come on now. Come on. You know what you could do? Turn off the notifications. You see it when you feel like it. Look, somebody say, why didn't you respond? I don't got my notifications on. You know what I'm saying? I look at it when I want to be notified. I'm not going to be controlled by social media. Somebody say amen. <laughs> well, why didn't you respond? I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Somebody say amen. <laughs> I will. I just haven't yet. Somebody say amen. Come on now. You don't need to. And not everybody needs, needs top-tier access into your life. Come on. Somebody say boundaries. All right. That's all right. Like, look, I love you, but I don't need to respond to everything all the time. I, I'm trying to help you out. Somebody say, make room. No, somebody say, give me room. Just give me room. All right. 
All right? If we want to grow spiritually, we must initiate some type of sacrifice. Isn't that what this woman did? Here it is. Hungry people are willing to change. All right? Desperate people are willing to change. They des- Look it. If you're hungry and you're desperate, making room, you- you'll do it. You'll do it. Somebody say amen. All right? So, so the, the, our de- if we're hungry and desperate, our desire for change is stronger than the fear that keeps us from changing. Somebody say make room. You know, that was some change for her. I mean, just inviting some dude into her house to eat. That, that was a sacrifice. She opened up her life. Obviously prepared some food for him whenever he walked by. And then next level, that's how God works. You open, you ever do that? You say, okay, God, I'll do this. And then God's like, okay, now do this. And you're like, really? Again? Sacrifice? Yes. So the hungry and desperate are more committed to change than the comfort they're currently in. Yeah. All right. I know it's quiet in 2022. All right. So I wanted to also say this, just this aspect of this woman's life. Man, I might not get through all my notes today, but I hope you guys are all right with this. But I I find this very powerful that I just talked about how independent, wealthy, notable, great, influential this woman was. And she obviously was hearing from God because the word she used was perceived. Like this is a spiritual thing. She's serving a prophet. It's a big deal. She's perceiving there's something about him. That's a big deal. Like, she didn't know him. She's just like, hey, there's something up here. Like, you know, you could call it a woman's intuition, but in the spirit of God, I believe God will even heighten your intuition, women of God, to where it's literally the Holy Spirit that you just know, you just know some stuff, right? Women be knowing stuff that we don't know. Can I get an amen? All right, if anything, this, this message is for you today, ladies. Right? Like, so... Um, But look at how she walked it out, okay? I want to give you this. This is powerful. Because she was hearing from God, a spiritual woman, initiating some type of action that was going to change her life and her future. And yet, she came to the head of her home, her husband, her authority in the home. And she said, please let us make a small upper room. She didn't come to him and say, well, God spoke to me and that's that and get out of my way. She was able to hear from God and submit what she heard to her husband. Oh, this is good. I hope you guys are getting this. All right. She was independent, capable, spiritual, and this shows she was mature. And this is why I'm going to say this. And this just isn't about, I'm going to teach you here for a minute. This just isn't about a husband and wife relationship. Because I desire for you to hear from God and perceive things by the Spirit of God. But one thing we do when we're immature is we hyper-spiritualize what we've heard from God. And we discredit and ostracize human relationships around us in the process. Or we actually over-spiritualize because we're hiding some issue in our heart and the over-spirituality helps us guard our issue. Somebody, I've been in church for a minute, I know what I'm talking about. We must, Hopeland Church, be able to hear directly from God and bring that into community, our relationship, i.e. husband-wife or whoever it is you are serving with, somebody, a, a peer for that matter. And be able to submit it when people come and say, well, God told me this. 
It's like, okay, well, then I can't help you because you've already made your decision. This woman heard from God and was so confident in her ability to hear from God, she was able to walk it through with who she was in relationship with. All right? This is not easy. <laughs> but this is maturity. This is true maturity, folks. All right? She was able to hear directly from God and stay submitted to the authority over her in the process. Her ability to hear did not usurp the authority she was under. She submitted it to him. And the language she used is, let us. Not, well, God told me and I'm going to do this. She didn't say that. She said, please, let us build a house. And many times what happens is, is you do have an ability to hear by the Spirit of God, but you have not learned how to walk through it in community and with other people. And that is what keeps us sound. Why? I'm going to say this, because every time you hear by the Spirit or hear things spiritually, look at if I'm honest, if you're honest, we don't always hear correctly. And we need people to help walk us through things. I know it's quiet, but I'm going to preach it anyway. So hearing from God should not cause you to sever from the healthy relationships you're currently in. Hearing from God does not, does not mean you burn bridges with the current relationships you're in. That is unhealthy. That is not of God. Somebody needs to say amen. So don't manipulate the notion of hearing from God as a way to rebel against authority. That's spiritual pride and God will deal with it. All right, I know it's going to be strong here. Here's my next point. When we make room, we find rest. Now, I want to encourage you here. I wanted to say this because I know people have been hurt by authority. I know that there's probably people in here that are still walking through hurt by authority. But we need to get healed from that. And Jesus will heal us. Because rebellion will lead you to a lonely place. And we need... we. I get it. You, 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 when we have hurts and then this ability to spiritually perceive things, sometimes that's the worst mix to have. We, we need to, because we need to be healed. We need to be healed, church. And, and, and that's what fasting is. You know that Jesus said that this type, and he was talking about demons, okay? But he said this type only come out when you pray and fast. So what is that saying? Okay, I'm not going to look into that too deeply, but I'll just give you this. When we fast and pray, it yields spiritual power we're not currently walking in. That's what it does. He told them. They tried to cast the devil out of somebody. And Jesus is like, no, nah, that ain't going to work, guys. You, you, you need to sacrifice some stuff first. And then come back and try to cast that thing out. That's what he said. This type only come out through prayer and fasting. All right? And so when we allow God to hear us, when, we are, when we're spiritually perceptive, we can walk through it in such a healthy manner that it blesses our personal life, but it also brings a blessing on those you're in relationship with and brings them with you. All right? I've seen it happen, okay? I've seen this happen. The, the people in environments where they can hear spiritually, and, 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 and there's this this kind of drive to, to be able to hear the voice of God. But we haven't taught people that that must be walked through in relationship. 
Come on now. Jesus, the most powerful man, God-man to ever walk the earth, did life with 12 men for three years. He, his ability in connection with the Father did not disassociate him with humanity on an intimate level. He, he and one of them was following him for money. And he had to deal with that as a man. Like he knew this joker, ain't, he's not, he, ain't, he ain't for here for nothing but the bag. That's, you know what I'm saying? Judas was like, where's that money at? Praise the Lord. I'll receive he was at the communion table. And, and Jesus exposed him. And they're all, wait, who is it? Who, they didn't even know. Judas, the shady one up at the table. But Jesus, right? Je Jesus, Jesus had did life with real people. Anybody got some real people in your life? I'm not saying you got a Judas, but anybody got some real? Anybody got some real? Like, look, and sometimes I think we hyper-spiritualize like God's going to separate us from all the drama and all the weird. No, those weird people keep you normal. Come on now. I think, and sometimes we say, you need to be around people that celebrate you. Well, I understand that, yes, boundaries and all that. But I'm telling you, people that have dishonored me are sometimes the greatest people to have around me for short seasons. <laughs> God, when is this? See, I'm serious. Um, you know, a prophet is without honor in his own town. Well, God constructed it that way. I wonder if God constructed it in such a way to help keep us humble. Because family just know you. And, 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 and you're like, man, I need, I'm not saying, we need boundaries, but I'm saying to, to create this, like, um, like this uh, insulated life. It's just, it's, it's not what God wants. <laughs> or Jesus walked the earth, and, he, and then he had some good people with some, with, some, with some potty mouths around him. Peter, like he's a good guy, but he was, he was always wrong. Or, you know, he's wrong a lot. Anybody been wrong a lot? Right? But, but Jesus is like, man, I'm going to roll with this guy. This is my, this, I got him. I, this is my dude right here. And, you know, he, and when Peter cut off the dude's ear, Jesus healed it. Like, I got you, bro. Like, you're, you're good. Because there's no evidence. Like, Jesus literally, you know, so think about this in a real way. Here is the son of God, the God man, 100% God, 100% man. Yet he did life with real people. And sometimes I think we get in our religious environments and we think, I just want, you know, people that just come with me to the third heaven or whatever. I know that sounds a little weird now. It is weird. That is very weird, right? I, I, and yes, you want people that speak to who you are in Christ and, and, and elevate you. And you're, I'm not taken away from that. But don't think avoiding real people is the promised land. Come on now, somebody. All right. What do I need to stop doing? All right. When we make room, we make rest. We, we find rest. I'm not going to get through my notes. Um, but are you guys getting something out of this today? When we make room, we find rest. Why? She put a bed in there. That's what a bed is. So I'm going to speak like metaphorically, prophetically about this verse. Okay. And or maybe like an like as an allegory, if you will. But she put a bed in there. Why? It represents rest. Rest. If you don't make room, you will not find rest. 
So what do I need to stop doing? All right? What do I need to stop doing? All right? It might even be something like, if, if you're all lost on your social media, I'm not even, some of you might even want to fast it. But I'm saying you might even want to set time restraints. Like, I'm not going to go on there until this time. I'm not, I don't need to wake up and, you know what I mean? Somebody say make room. I don't know. I'm just trying to give you a real practical idea there. So it's impossible to successfully follow Jesus. Here it is. I'm going to read from my notes. It is impossible to successfully follow Jesus when the rhythm of your life is no different than before you got saved. Okay, I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. It's impossible to successfully follow Jesus when the rhythm of your life is no different than when you first got saved or before you were saved. Or let me say it this way. It's impossible to succeed in your walk with God in 2022 if the rhythm of your life is like 2021. So you could change something. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to overwhelm you. I'm saying, what is it? Is it something? You can stop. So that's the easiest way to find room is stop doing something, shut something down. A time frame, maybe. Maybe it's a time frame. Maybe it's people. Like, yeah, I, I love you and I'm there, but I'll see you on Saturday for 45 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, you know what, I'm serious. You guys, anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, talk to me here. I, you know, uh, and it's not that they're bad. It's just I need space. And I'm an extrovert by nature. I, I don't need any space. Right? Like, by nature, I'm like, hey, I just want to hang out and talk with people and and then God's going to move. No, maybe not. But I'm just, <laughs> some of you are like, what? No, but my nature is, I think introverts sometimes have a better idea of what it means to have personal time. I, I'm not that good at that. The older I get, I'm starting to appreciate just be at home, do nothing. Right? But as a kid, all of my adult life, I was like, I need to go and do something and be with people. Any extroverts out there? Come on. Thank you. I got three, two? Man, okay, thank you, Sarah. Appreciate that. Uh, but what do I need to stop doing? And I understand this might take some thought here. All right, here we go. Here it is. I'm going to read this here. Rest is not inactivity. It's restorative activity, right? So, so rest for you is different for, for me. But rest isn't just rest. Like I need to just sit down and stare at the TV. Like that might, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that isn't a form of rest for you to just, what, but rest isn't just inactivity. It could be something, an activity that you are restored in that activity. Okay, for me to go uh, skateboarding is a restorative activity if, if my kids aren't with me. Because if they're with me, I don't get to skate because I got to watch them. I enjoy it. I'm a dad. I love it. But I'm like, I'm not really skating right now. I'm like making sure that they don't fall or something, right? Or trying to help them. So that's not, that, that's fun. But for me, per, my person, me, right? It's, it, I can, if I, it's, 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 it's very active, but man, I just, I, I just, it just does something for me, okay? Uh, but uh, so rest is activity that refuels. And so the question is, what is that activity for you? All right, here it is. I'm going to just give you, I'm not going to read all my verses, guys, in the back. I don't have time. But I'm just going to give you the next two points here. Make room for Bible study. I know this is simple, but this year, make room for Bible study. What did, what did, what did she put in there? A table and a chair. Study. To sit and study. And make time. 
for Bible study. Personal Bible study. Make time for Bible study. All right, that's what she put in there. You know, it speaks in Acts. I won't go to the verse, um, but it, the Bereans, the Bible says that they were fair-minded more than all those in Thessalonica because they received the word, but they also, the Bible says, they searched the scriptures. Okay, so make room for Bible study. All right? Hallelujah. Here we go. This is my last point. Um, actually, I got two more, but I'm going to read them quick, okay? These are the last two. But revelation changes everything, okay? And you're, you're probably thinking, what does that mean? Well, because in there was a lampstand, and, and that represents illumination, okay? That represents light. So, so this is my point here, is we don't study the word for knowledge. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to clarify this. Or to be a theological intellect or to form our own theology. Those things may have their place, but I'm gonna tell you why Christians read the Bible. This is why we read it. At the core, the why of why Sean reads the scripture is not so I can preach. The why behind the word is this, that I might know him and be changed by him. I don't read the scripture so I can use it as a sword against other people that are living in a sin that I don't deal with so I can judge them. I read the word. So I, Sean, can know Jesus, and Sean can be changed by him. All those other things may have their place. The knowledge, I, I I'm, I'm a student of church history. Um, I, I love all that. I love the different things, and, and that's part of it if that's where you're at. But I'm saying at the core of this, at the end of the day, if, if all else fails, the reason Hopeland Church, we read the word, is to know Jesus and to be changed by him. All right? That is why. And so the lamp, okay, I'm just going to give you a verse here, and then I'll, I'll share my last point, and then we're done. But Psalm 119, 130. Psalm 119, 130. 119, 130. Look at this. The entrance of your words give light. So that lamp stand. Like, make room to study because revelation changes everything. And the reason why I wanted that as a point, revelation changes everything, is because the word revelation means to literally take the covers off. So we don't read the word for its pragmatic, practical history. That has its place. But if I want to walk with God, I read it to understand things spiritually by the Holy Spirit and God take the covers off. Have you ever read the word? And you might have read a verse a million times, and then you go and you read it another time, and you're like, whoa. It's revelation. You, you, you start to connect the dots, and you're, you see how that scripture written some 2,000 plus years ago speaks to my today right now. That's revelation. Revelation is when what is written is revealed as life. And it's, and it's applied to me in, in a moment. It's revelation. Uh, the book of Ephesians says, Paul, when he was praying for Ephesus, he said his prayer for that church was, I'm praying for you, Ephesus, that God would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. 
So his prayer wasn't that I'm praying that you get to know the Bible so you kind of know it front to back. No, I'm, his prayer was that the Spirit of God will begin to speak to you personally and intimately as you read it. There's two words, in, and I'm, I'm coming in for a landing here, but there's two words in the, in the Bible used for word. There's two Greek words. One is logos, which is the written word. That's the, the Greek word logos, which means word. Then there's rhema. Spelled R-H-E-M-A. Rhema is divinely inspired. It's divinely inspired once you read it. It is something that is living now. It is prophetic. It is living. It literally jumps off the page and pierces your heart. That is why revelation changes everything. All right? Here it is, my last point. Simple. All right, we're going to close with this. Make room for prayer. All right, make room for prayer. Like never before this year, Hopeland Church, make room for prayer daily. Make room. I, I'm not saying you don't have room, but I'm saying make, make room. You need it. Your kids need you to be in prayer. Your loved ones need you to be in prayer. You need to, for your own. Your coworkers need you to be in prayer. They don't know that they need you praying, but they need you praying. Come on, your friends need you praying. Uh, when we just did this altar call, I was praying for Moses. I think he went to go help kind of dismiss Crystal Gale from Kids Church right now. But I was praying over him right now. And I just felt by the Spirit of God, I was, I was praying for him, that other people need your tears. Your prayers, your intercession. And I was like, I was like, they need your tears. You're going to come across people. You're going to feel what they're going through. And you're going to go into your prayer closet and weep for them. And right now, right here, Moses was just, uh, God was touching him. He started weeping and crying right here already. I was like, let it go, man. Let this be the beginning of this year. That I'm here to tell you right now, Hopeland Church, I prayed that for Moses. And we kind of saw that just happen right here by the Spirit of God. Him touching him. I just love that when that happens. Uh, but I, I believe that people need your tears. And look at Jesus, when he rolled up on Lazarus' funeral, he raised him from the dead, but he cried first. And I think we've got it twisted. We think we can get power without crying first. We, we, Jesus wept, then he raised him from the dead. So, so we, we, we just want power, but we don't want to pay the price of, of feeling the pain of what people are in and weeping for them. And Jesus wept, shortest scripture in the Bible, probably the most profound scripture in the Bible. And then he raised them from the dead. So once again, I think we get so hyper into these outward acts of things, which is part of the gospel. But we need to cry first. I think that person that's getting on your nerves that's getting under your skin, I think they need your tears. And, I, and then when I was praying for Moses, I was, I was praying over him because I was saying, man, they need your tears, man, because I know he has a pastoral heart. So I just, you know, I just, and God started to break him right there. And then I was like, man, I was like, God, I started praying for Moses. I was like, Moses needs his tears. <laughs> so I think there's something that happens for you when you cry for others. When, when, when God breaks us, it's good for them because you're interceding. 
You're, you're, you're praying. You're, and I mean, the Bible says, look at a broken and contrite heart. God does not despise. And I think this year we need to weep for people first. If we, we're so inclined to tell somebody the truth. But have you cried for them first? Have you carried them in your heart first? Paul told one of the churches he wrote to, he's like, man, I travail in labor until Christ be formed in you. I mean, the apostle Paul identified himself as a woman birthing, as to carrying souls in his heart. That's the language he used. I mean, come on, ladies, those of you that have children. Paul said, I travail. I mean, he's hunched over four people. I'm telling you, people need our tears. What am I saying? Make room for prayer. Your spouse needs your tears. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Make room for prayer. Create time and space for God. Say them with me. I'm going to close. Everybody say this with me. Say, say it with me. Say, create time and space for God. Say this with me. Say, when we make room, we find rest. Say this one. Say, make room for Bible study. Revelation changes everything. Here's the last one. I believe this is the most important one. Make room for prayer. What if we all cried for somebody? Like genuinely felt. The Bible says that Jesus is a faithful high priest who's able to be touched. Touched. He, the Son of God, is able to be touched with the feeling, the feeling of our infirmities telling you we got to be like Jesus we got to we got to roll up on the scene where something's broken and out of place and we got to cry first he wept then he rose him from the dead you know what I'm saying hallelujah second Peter 1 19 I'm going to close with this I know I keep this is my fifth close so here we go I promise For, I'm going to end with the last verse I promise second Peter 1 19 this is why revelation is so important. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which, do, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So I'm going to read it again. This is the importance. This is what, that's what revelation is. Prophetic revelation. Prophetic word revelation. It's God speaking a now word. It's not just what was written it's like many times, many of us, heavy on the Bible study side, we know what God said. And then we got other people heavy on the spirit side, and we know what God is saying. But we need to know what God said. We also need to know what he's saying. And, and if, if all you do is read the Bible, but you have no prayer life, no worship life, you won't know what God is saying. Does that make sense? Because God spoke through the written word. Everything is founded on that. 
But he is speaking by the Spirit. And when he does that, it confirms the word. But we need prayer and the word. And then you got people all up in the Spirit, don't read their Bible. And they're hearing things, but it ain't the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. So we need the word and the Spirit. We need to hear and know what God said. And we need to know what he is saying. You don't have to have one without the other. And some of you people that are all up in the word and you're memorizing your verses, but you don't have a prayer life or your prayer life, it's like your word life is like you're real strong, but then your, your prayer life, you're kind of weak. Or some of you, you just like drift off and worship and pray and you're praying in tongues and praying in the Holy Spirit, but you ain't got one verse memorized. <laughs> Somebody say amen. We need both. Somebody say uh, the, if you just have the word, you'll dry up. If you, have, if you just have the spirit, you'll blow up. <laughs> but if you have the word and the spirit, you'll grow up. <laughs> All right? Come on, somebody say amen. All right? Hallelujah. All right, let's pray this morning. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. If you're out here and it's time for you to give your heart to Jesus, I, I want to give you an opportunity quickly here. If that's you, say, man, I want to invite Jesus into my life. I, I've never done that before. Maybe you did it and you're like, man, I need to get right. I'm in church. Just heard the word. I, 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 I'm going to give my life to Jesus right here. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to give people their privacy in this moment. Just raise your hand right where you are if that's you. It's time for you to give your life. Yes. Hallelujah. I see it. I see those two hands. Praise the Lord. It's awesome. All right. Hallelujah. So let's just pray here, church. Just pray with me. Just say, Jesus, I come to you, a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. I put my faith in you. I confess you to be my Lord, to be the Lord. I am saved by grace through faith. Jesus, take my whole life, past, present, future. It's all yours. I surrender everything. Be Lord of everything. Consume me with a zeal for your house. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.